This is the King's Court Podcast, a New York Rangers podcast made by Rangers fans for Rangers fans like you. Welcome to a trade deadline edition of the King's Court Podcast. My name is John Williams. I'm here with Garrett Cartino. Garrett, how are you doing today? It feels like today has lasted for like an eternity watching Twitter go down. All Like the entire deadline was just a wreck. My phone was at 10% battery at noon. That's how much I was like refreshing the Twitter the entire time. Dude, like... I was looking like that asshole at the gym that like I was just taking up a bench the entire time, just like staring at my phone, refreshing. Dude, like I, I couldn't bring myself to go to the gym today. Yet I'm going after we record because I was like, I head's not going to be in it. Like I'm gonna be refreshing my phone. Like when I had my phone with me at the gym, like it's just all gonna go downhill because my head's like never in it. I'm always on the Twitter NBA trade that on that happened. This like it happened today. you know, the past couple days leading up to today. Moreover, dude, I'm just happy the deadline's over so I can get back to my life. <laughs> I feel like I've been on a you know, pause in my life the last 24, 48 hours. But th- this is like the second time in two years now where we, we knew that all the selling was going to go down. And I've just been anticipating like what the roster is going to look like for the he- second half of the season for – two years now and it it's a little bit different this year because we're we're not getting names attached to the returns and obviously we'll get into all the different draft picks that we got but all i can say is that we're gonna have the young guys in the lineup and i'm ready for the second half of the season so the rangers made three moves uh, at the deadline two today and one saturday so they traded matt zuccarello as we all know by now for a 2019 second round pick and a 2020 third round pick, um, and <laughs> you wrote down "cries" next to it. Yeah, in the our notes. notes, very, uh, very fitting. I was very drunk when they made this trade, and it, it was not helping. So that wasn't good. I was at a party, and like I, I hate the people at parties, and like when we're out, like if you're on your phone the whole time, like those people are the worst. I could not stop looking at pictures of Zuccarello. I, like I texted you. I don't remember. I was like, we were texting about the trade, and you're like, I saw the trade. I'm drunk, and I want to cry. And I was like, just make good choices, please. <laughs> and I did, I did make good choices. And the first good choice was putting down the phone after a little bit um, and getting away from it. Um, and we'll get into our reaction about that trade and then the Zuccarello injury and all that kind of stuff um, a little bit later. 
We traded Kevin Hayes today for a 2019 first-round pick to the Jets. We also got Claude Lemieux's son, Brendan Lemieux, in the deal, and a conditional fourth-rounder if the Jets win the Cup. But I'm not too, I'm not too confident that they're going to win the Cup, even with Hayes. But I do think Hayes is a good addition for them. And then around like 150, they traded Adam McQuaid to the Columbus Blue Jackets for a fourth-round pick, a seventh-round pick, and 23-year-old right-handed defenseman Julius Bergman. So, Garrett, what are your thoughts on as a whole on these three deals? As a whole, I, I think I'm probably on the opposite side of most people that are like Rangers fans and on Rangers Twitter that I'm – I'm all in on the idea of what they're trying to accomplish with by just stockpiling as many picks as possible. As it stands, the Rangers have 10 picks in the first three rounds of the draft the next two seasons. And it's kind of hard when you're seeing them just bring in, you know, draft picks and not any players. So you can't have like an immediate reaction to how it's going to go down. But if last year's draft is any indicator of how we're going to be managing the roster moving forward, I expect that all of these first round, second round picks are going to be used on very high upside players, players that are going to stick out from the Howdens and the Lemuse of the group that, as I, I, I've been putting it all day, is that they have NHL games in their legs. We know that they're capable bodies to put into the lineup, even if that means that they're playing in the bottom six or middle six roles. And... The Rangers, they they always have money to spend, so they're going to be filling the roster with bona fide superstars through free agency and hopefully high upside picks in the draft. And it sucks to see Zook and Hayes go. I wasn't a huge McQuaid fan, but it had to be done, and you're not going to catch me complaining. Yeah, I think that people who people expected this to be a one-year rebuild despite Everybody in the organization saying, no, like this is, we're in it for the long haul. This is a real rebuild. The same people saying, oh, we're going to sign Artemi Panarin are complaining. We're not getting him. We're not bringing back Zuccarello. We're not bringing back Hayes. They're gone. We traded them for a reason. If we wanted to bring them back, we would have re-signed them. We would have started these contract negotiations a long time ago. They're not coming back. This is a long-term rebuild. We're probably not making the playoffs for another two years. Just get it out of your head. It's going to be a long process. But right now, the Rangers have six picks in the first three rounds, ten picks in this upcoming draft. Four of those six top three-round picks could be, theoretically, first-round picks. I think one of those two conditional picks will convert. I definitely but, am all on board for rooting for Tampa, that's for sure. Yeah, so... They're doing everything right. And people say, oh, they're late round first round picks. This isn't the NBA, where very rarely you do have a guy in the late 20s that pans out. I mean, in the past couple of years, we've seen a couple of good players in the NBA, and I'll obviously go to the NHL in a minute, but I have to go on my basketball rant right now. Kyle Kuzma was the 28th pick. Well, Andrew Shamit was the 26th pick, and now he's a stud with the Clippers right now after getting traded from the Sixers. I had to throw a Sixers reference in there, too. But, you know, players develop. I mean, Keandre Miller, who is now one of the top prospects in the world, was the 22nd. <laughs> like, Glowing remarks. Listen, you know I'm a big Keandre. I'm a Keandre still. I'm telling we you. both are. 
Um, Niels Lundqvist, who looks really good for an 18-year-old in a professional hockey league. Like, these are guys. David Pasternak was a, I think, early 20s pick. I think he was 22nd. Yeah. Like, there, this happens all the time. Nikita Kucherov was a second-round pick, and now he's the best player in the league. Like, don't say that these picks don't matter. Yeah, is there a chance that they could bust? Yes. But the Rangers can't settle in and lock in to be eighth seeds well, and for even, the next couple years. They need to take a chance. Even if these some of these picks do bust, they're doing the right thing by collecting as many of the picks as possible. Having more than one first-round pick and even – like having multiple second round picks is a huge deal because you, there's so much talent at the top of the draft where depending on what you're looking for, or depending on the need, there's always going to be a guy that you can take a shot on. And, you know, moving into this draft, our pick we're hoping is going to end up as a top 10 pick. Maybe we get lucky with some lottery luck and get a top three, top five pick. Um, we're going to get... The first rounder from Winnipeg, which they aren't blowing the doors off of anybody right now. So there's a chance that that could be an early 20s pick. And then if Tampa wins, you know, having three picks in that round is going to be huge. Exactly. So you got to take the shots where they are. The Rangers have had five first round picks in the last two years. And it's looking like it's going to be seven to three years. That's the most tied for the most that any team's ever had in NHL history. And like, it's pretty impressive if you think that Lias Anderson is going to be the quote unquote worst pick out of those five in the last two years, especially considering he's only had a cup of coffee at the NHL level. And we could see him really take a step forward in the second half of this season and next season when he's going to have a day one role on the roster. That's why you do this. You said it eloquently. You got to give yourself as many shots as you possibly can. And if you convert on a handful of these guys, if Keandre Miller's a number one defenseman, if Vitaly Kratsov's a number one winger, if Philip is a number one winger or center, whatever they want to do with them down the road, then the Rangers, they did the right thing because they wouldn't have had any hope of getting any of these guys and they would have been a perennial eight seed. Because that's what you are if you locked up Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello. The biggest problem with the Rangers fan base, and I can imagine this is most fan bases too, the over-attachment emotionally to players. You need to be able to separate the emotions from what is actually cut and dry right in front of you. Matt Zuccarello, people were complaining about the return, getting the second and third. Matt Zuccarello, when you take away all the memories is a 31-year-old winger who had an awful start to the season on an end of with 20 games left of his contract. And they got potentially, probably not, potentially two first-round picks. But at the very worst, they got a second and a third. Look at the other wings that were traded. Wayne Simmons brought back Ryan Hartman, who probably is what worth a second-round pick and like a fifth-round pick. Ryan Dezingle might have gotten more on paper, like the two second rounders, and Anthony DeClaire, who's irrelevant. Anthony DeClaire is going to be out of the league in a few years if he doesn't get himself together. Um, that was another but, guy Rangers fans had a huge attachment to for no reason. Exactly. The second round picks 
um, that they got for Zingles because Zingles is five years younger than Matt Zuccarello and has 20 goals on the season. So that that's why that was. The Rangers, I think, and you, you can tell me too, what do you think the best deal they made uh, this weekend was? Matt Zuccarello's deal, I think, that was the best trade they made because it has the potential to have the two first-round picks, and even if it's a second and third, get a second and third for a guy who wasn't going to be here anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, there was a lot of mixed reactions about the second and third-round picks that we got, and like we said, the 2020 draft is supposed to be really, really good, but the conditionals on those picks are like really interesting to me because obviously now this year we're not going to turn that into a first-round pick because I saw that that first-round pick happens if they get past the first two rounds but zook also has to play in half of those games well half of the games in the playoffs if zuccarello is out the you know month that he's going to be out he'll be back in time for the playoffs so gotcha. it doesn't matter as long as they make the playoffs it doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. i did not realize that okay so it's not half of the games even in the regular season it's just the playoffs okay so you never know maybe dallas catches fire and they make it to that so but the there's no reason to think right now that Zook won't re-sign in Dallas. You know, he doesn't have any obligation to the Rangers anymore. People want us to go and re-sign him when free agency hits this year, but that's not going to happen. And you never know. He is a great locker room guy, and the, Dallas is probably going to love having him, especially you saw in his first game in less than two full periods he had a goal and assist and something like four or five shots on goal. It, that's what I would say is like an impact player. And I, I don't know if I think that that's the best pick we made. The Hayes one, getting that first round pick is a big deal to me. And I think that the only way that we're going to fill out this roster with as high upside as we can is having that first round pick. And I also, I don't know much about this Lemieux kid. Hey. Sorry. Had to set the dog straight. Um, <laughs> watching that fight that was circulating on Twitter, you just saw him like so excited to be like putting on a show for his team. And like, I love upside. There, there was a remark made earlier today about how it's his third team, you know, and he's only 22 years old. Well, I know somebody that's currently on the Rangers roster that's on his third team and seems to be one of my favorite players, Tony D'Angelo. So, I think that as a guy that's known as a hard-nosed player, a, a hard worker, he seems like he's going to fit well into David Quinn's system. I really, really like what they got for Kevin Hayes, especially you put you said earlier, like th there was no way we were going to re-sign Hayes. There was, there was always a chance that we could re-sign Zook if he came to terms that fit the roster. But with Hayes, he, he was going to price himself out, whether it be in dollars or in years. And they got back a first rounder, a former first round pick player, and then another pick. And that's, that's more than enough for me to be excited. So Larry Brooks mentioned in an article that he put out, and he's very anti-trading Hayes, or I should say was very anti-trading Hayes. Um, but he is, his camp is asking for $7 million, or even north of that. You can't give a player like Kevin Hayes $7 million from a cap structure standpoint. He's a good player. I'm not trying to say he isn't, but if you want to win, he might be. If that's the final piece for your team, then okay. 
then you could do that because maybe the rest of your roster is locked in. But when you're at the stage that the Rangers are, you need to keep flexibility. Meanwhile, a lot of your good top prospects are centers. So right now, the Rangers look a little thin at center, yes. But, you know, let Filipino develop. Let Leah Sanderson develop. Let Brett Howden develop. You got your fourth-line center locked up in Boone Avis, so we're going to talk about that in a bit. So for now, it's not a bad move. It was, was also... It was going to come down to Kreider or Hayes, you know, especially at that number. And you can see with the chemistry that Kreider and Zibanejad have, and even the way that like MSG markets Kreider on their Twitter account and stuff like that, you knew that Kreider was going to be the new face guy along with Zibanejad. Hayes, he was there occasionally, but there was no way that you were going to be able to lock down both of them. And I don't think that there's any benefit in moving Kreider right now. If the Rangers saw a long-term future with Hayes, he would have been extended long-term in the summer. That's basically what it comes down to. Chris Kreider, you mentioned it. I'd rather have Chris Kreider by a lot more than Kevin Hayes on a long-term deal because I think Kreider ages so much more gracefully than Hayes because he has that speed element to his game. And he's known as a conditioning freak. Yeah. So I don't want... Hayes to eventually age the same way that we've seen Derek Brassard age. I mean, they're very different types of players, but the common denominator is Hayes isn't the greatest skater. He's good. He's passable at 26 years old. Like He'll be fine with having Kevin Hayes on your team, but when he gets towards 30, I don't know. We just saw Derek Broussard's value drop even more. He got dealt to Colorado for a third-round pick today. So, I don't know. I'm happy they did that. I was, at first, extremely underwhelmed. I wasn't mad about the deal. I was underwhelmed with Brendan Lemieux. Claude Lemieux's uh, son, he was the first pick of the second round, uh, 2014 maybe. Um, He's a guy, he is a third-liner. That's what he will develop into being. But you mentioned the video of him fighting the guy in the stars that's circulating Twitter right now. He, if everything pans out, he could be what Sean Avery was. That would and be super if exciting. I can get vintage Sean Avery and a first-round pick for an expiring contract, especially when vintage Sean Avery is 22 and entering his, exiting his entry-level contract in the offseason, I'm fine with that. Well, and during a rebuild, you need players that fans want to root for. And it seems like from everything that I've read that he's going to be the type of player that buys into what David Quinn wants out of his players. And that's, you know, look what he's done with guys like Jimmy VC, Kevin Hayes and Chris Kreider, who have bought into his system. And I think a lot of the old school fans, their main complaint about trading McQuaid, who we're about to get to, was all right, well, you don't have anybody that can mix it up. Like, you don't want to get beat up. Like, they almost got beat up against the Capitals. You know, we'll talk about that game briefly, I guess, but that was a very encouraging game for me, not only because they they came back from two goal deficits twice, but they had guys that weren't afraid to drop the gloves. Ryan Strom dropped the gloves. Um, there was another fight, wasn't there? I'm not going to lie. I didn't even watch the game. I, I was out of town. 
Okay, yeah, you were on a flight back and uh, <laughs> asleep on the plane yeah. and then getting off the plane. But, yeah, no, it was a very feisty effort from the Rangers, and I think this kid adds – he is a David Quinn player. Like, he has that swagger about him, and he has that physical edge, but he also could score. Now, the advanced statistics people are saying that his PDO is very – High, he has a high shooting percentage. But you know what? He's 22 years old. This is his first year in the league. Last year in the AHL, he had 43 points in 51 games with the Manitoba Moose and 170 penalty minutes. <laughs> like, I, dude, I love that. Oh, you think that's the type of player you want to watch? Exactly. Especially on a rebuilding team. You want to keep it entertaining. And the other thing is, so he is drawn. He's, I think, taken. What I saw is he's taken seven penalties and he's drawn seven or six, twelve. Yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, no. So he get he gets under people's skins. That's the type of player that the Rangers have needed for a long time. And if he could develop into an Avery type player, you know, that's a good deal. Well, and if you think about the way that Winnipeg is set up versus the way that. The Rangers are set up. He's coming to a team where he's going to be given an opportunity and he's going to be given ice time. There's spots in the top six and the bottom six that are open to him right now. And who knows, maybe he comes in and for one game, Jimmy VC finds himself in the Quinn bin. And then maybe we have Lemieux playing on the first line alongside of Kreider and Zibanejad and he Ooh, makes the be, most out of it. That would be weird. But I mean, hey, why not? Now... Passes, you're not worrying about building up the trade value per se right now. I mean, you want players like VC and Nemesikov to play well so you can deal them in the offseason. But right now, you know, you want to see what your kids have. The opportunity is there. The door is open for them to like, get a chance. And, you know, Lemieux is going to be in the lineup come Wednesday night against Tampa Bay. Um, so that will be a good first test for him. Yeah, man, I'm very happy now. With that deal, and then the McQuaid deal, so you got back a fourth and seventh round pick um, that you gave up to get him, minus Steven Kampfer, and plus a 23-year-old Swedish defenseman, Julius Bergman, who's played, he, I think he came over um, in one of the Ottawa trades. Yeah, I saw that he's been, he was drafted by the Sharks, and then, yeah, so he was drafted by the Sharks, and was then he in the Columbus. Was he in the Carlson trade and then in one of the Duchesne Dezingle trades? He may have been. I, I don't know all that. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably should have looked that up. But whatever. He's here. He's another righty defenseman for the Hartford Wolfpack. Now they have nine on their roster. I'm surprised they didn't move one of them for a forward. Um, I fully expect one defenseman to be called up and one forward to be called up. Um, my guess is that John Gilmore or uh, Ryan Lindgren will be called up. And then I could see Fogarty being called up, but who knows. But, Were you at all surprised that we didn't get any rumors on some more of the Rangers defensemen, whether it be Pionk, Stahl, or, you know, wishful thinking, Brendan Smith? So I'm not surprised about that. There were a lot of Freddie Clayson rumors. And listen, I like Freddie Clayson, but the people on Twitter saying, oh, the Rangers can't trade him unless they get a second-round pick. But Freddie Clayson, 
please. They have so many other guys that they could be playing. He's good. Don't get me wrong. I like him. But if you get a second or third round pick for Freddie Clayson and you don't take it, you should never be allowed to deal with an NHL team ever again in your life. That's, yep. that's Those are the rules. But, yeah, I was hoping that they would trade Neil Pionk. I really was. Um, I think one of the things we've learned, and yes, he's young, and this is the type of time you want to play the young players, but I don't think he has what it takes to be a consistent, anything better than a third-pair defenseman. I think that people are also overshooting it with Pionk, where they were thinking that if we don't trade Neil Pionk, then we are no doubt going to extend him. But if you look at the track record of Jeff Gordon and Glenn Souther before him too, the Rangers don't typically do long-term deals before the RFA years are filled up. So there's pretty much no doubt in my mind that if they're going to extend him, it's just going to be to buy out the two, you know, the two-year gap of his RFA years, and that'll be approve it, you know, just like everybody else. Yeah, I think that um, he's going to get the two-year deal. And we're going to talk about this on another show upcoming, I'm sure. But I wonder with him and D'Angelo um, and Clayson all as RFAs, I wonder what the move is going to be there. But the Rangers are now down to 42 men on the roster. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway right now is that I do think Vitaly Kratzov is coming over here. Um, after the KHL playoffs, after his team is eliminated. And I also think that the Rangers are going to be huge players for a ton of college free agents. That's always the case, and I love that. It's has a fantastic move because you moved out three players. You brought back two um, in Bergman and Lemieux, one of which will be a Ranger. Also news from today, Booney Avis signed a one-year deal, which does a couple things. So he was going to be a group six unrestricted free agent there's a clause in the cba that says if you are scheduled to be an rfa but you don't play x amount of games in three years in the nhl on your second deal then you become a ufa early so that's what was going to happen to boo but the rangers gave him seven hundred thousand dollars for one year for next year and then that extends his rfa status to the 2020 2021 offseason 2020, 2021. Yeah, that. Um, and they also re-signed Stephen Fogarty, who hopefully he might be the captain, the next captain in Hartford. He's been there for forever. Which, which means he's as good as gone. Yeah, basically, that's like the kiss of death. So, uh, you know, I like Fogarty, though, for Hartford. So hopefully he stays. So anything else we want to talk about, though, with uh, the three deals? I think that it would be against the name of our podcast if we didn't bring up the tears that were shed by Lundqvist when he got asked about Zook getting traded. I mean, have you ever seen a god cry like that before? <laughs> it, it was it was hard to watch, man. Like, I'm not going to say I got him. I didn't get emotional. Maybe I'm just like, you know. You, you just have no, no soul? Is that what you're trying to say? Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I- like stuttering and like being in a way that he couldn't even get the words out. I mean, like that really did show like how much Zook meant to the team and like, yeah, he's gone and like that's sad, but like that it's just good to know that the team like was together in a sense. 
And I yeah. think that even though he's gone, there's going to be the players that were part of those relationships that are going to make sure that the team moves forward. I said it last pot. I remember Zuccarello's first goal vividly um, when he you know first came over in overtime against the Hurricanes. He scored an MSG. Like you know, he, he was a great player and a great person in the community for the Rangers. And you know, we wish him the best. And you know, the Henrik thing stinks. It's, it, it reminds you. You know, we talk about all this stuff, and we have like the Trade Center and all this other kind of stuff. But they're human beings. With all that said, I did not feel a damn thing for Kevin Hayes. Yeah, I didn't either. And it's funny because early when we first started this podcast, you asked me who would I rather keep, Zook or Hayes. And I always was adamantly in on Hayes. As the season went on, there was just something about me that just like made it too too real that he wasn't going to be a part of the team moving forward. Yeah, Hayes, like, he's a good player, but he he never did anything for me. Like, I never had that connection with him. Um, and I think I was just very soured by his two goals in 34 playoff games. I think that's one of the things. Him and JT Miller combined had three goals in 70 playoff games. And that was the, the that year, the year that that number became so prevalent. I just remember they were, they were, were they on the same line together, Hayes and they might have been in the series. It was yeah. the year that they were on the line with Grabner, and they they were such you know drivers of play for the team during the season. And then when the playoffs rolled around, they were just non-existent. So I I 100% feel where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Um. And then lastly, while we're on, you know, the topic of these guys in particular, man, I just feel bad for Zook with the injury. So Zuccarello broke his arm blocking a shot. In the end of the second period with the Stars, after scoring a goal and an assist and being a plus three in two periods with his new team. Now he has to go back to Dallas, be reevaluated, get the surgery, and for four weeks not be with the new team he just got to. And he doesn't know anybody. Like, that sucks. Like, from a human standpoint, man, like, I just feel bad for him. Oh, and you could see how deflated he was in his first interview after the injury. Maybe it's just a little bit of the Rangers fan in me thinking that he's more upset. But like one one reporter asked him about the roller coaster of getting traded, scoring, having the assist, and then getting injured. And like there was just no emotion out of him where he, he said he said like very subtly, you know, you know, I was really excited, you know, to come and meet all the guys and stuff, but there was just nothing in his tone of voice that made you think like he was happy about his situation and like you said from a from a human being standpoint you you can only hope that like his situation gets better and he makes the most out of what he can while he's in dallas because at the end of the day man like he's got to feel lonely like i don't know if there's anybody on the stars roster that's been on the rangers off the top of my head I don't think there is. I literally only know Sagan, Radulov, and Jamie yeah. Ben. Yeah, no, nah, they have a couple did. other good guys. Yeah, um, but like, I I just feel bad. Like he doesn't know anybody, and now he has this extra obstacle after all the crap he's gone through. Like, and the the other thing about that that hurts his market value because now it's like, all right, well, you had you were hurt twice last year. And now you're 31, 32 years old. How am I going to give you a five-year contract? 
Like, here's two years, here's three years. Like, I, I feel bad. Like, ah, oh, I can't, I can't shake that. That's the thing that makes me feel the worst. I don't care about the trades or whatever. Like, Hayes, I don't care what happens to. I hope he has a nice life. Don't care about. Adam McQuaid, I like Adam McQuaid more than most people, and I wish him well. I don't really care. I genuinely do have an interest in Zuccarello's well-being, not only as a person, but as a hockey player going forward. So, that just sucks. I agree. So, um, were you surprised that nobody else has moved? I know we talked about this briefly, but are you surprised that like Vlad Nemestikov wasn't moved? Um, Nemestikov and Strom were probably the two that I thought could have been moved. Um, but you, you know, you look at the return that we got for the trades that we had in, over the last two years, and there's not a ton of players, a lot more draft picks than anything else. And they couldn't just send out a skeleton crew. And I think that, you know, you don't know how much David Quinn has a say in things like that, but David Quinn made it known that until he was told to sit those three guys that we traded, he had every intention of keeping them in the lineup. And I'm sure that he went to Gordon or they had a conversation and said, like, like I'm not going to let this team fall apart just because you want to get rid of everybody. And maybe Nemesnikov and VC and Strom were all players that he felt deserved to stick around and deserved to, like, continue fighting with this roster. Yeah, I, I don't know about you. I am all for, though the get in the draft picks instead of the prospects. I agree. Because no team knows more about their prospects than like the team itself. Like the Rangers, they were gonna be getting guys that if the other team was trying to trade them, it's probably not a good thing. I would rather take a crack at guys and try you're gonna get more value potential you have more value potential by selecting somebody in the draft. Than a 23-year-old, yeah, through various team scouting. like Just go to the source yourself. Go to the well. And the Rangers, for all intents and purposes, the last two years have drafted really well. So I'd rather them take the 10 shots. You got 10 bullets in the chamber right now. And maybe more of them make a draft day move. I don't know if they're going to get any value from anybody left on the roster except for Sabanajan and Kreider. I think the main asset acquisition part of the of the rebuild has taken place. Sure, there will be a few other moves that are made, maybe Strom, maybe Nemesikov, but the main pieces, the main pieces to the core that they will build are in-house now. Um, so that's something I guess to think about. But yeah, I'd rather have the draft picks than get somebody's prospects, like C level prospects. And with those with those picks, do you expect Gordon to take the same route he did last year and use every single one of them instead of making a move, whether it be higher up in the first round or maybe combining some, you know, second round picks to get a higher second round pick? Do you or do, do you think that they're gonna use any of that draft capital to move up, or do you think that they're gonna take as many shots like you said? I think they're going to have three picks in the first round this year. Now, that could mean one of the two conditional picks converts, and that could mean they trade those two second-round picks, um, the Dallas one and the Tampa Bay one, and they get a first-round pick. Um, I, I think they're going to be drafting three people in the first round and four people in the top 42. 
That's going to be so much fun. I, I, I admitted earlier to you privately how I'm not good with hockey prospects. But when that time of the year rolls around, when we're starting to look at all the prospects for the first two rounds, I just get so giddy because I buy into players that I have absolutely zero clue about. Yeah, it's one of the fun parts of being a fan. Like, I love – I've been on the Rangers need to rebuild bandwagon for since they lost to Pittsburgh, whatever year that was, mm-hmm. the first round. Um and, you know, right now, I'm very happy with how things have gone. People are completely bashing Jeff Gordon. And I think it's, like, he doesn't deserve that, man. Like, yeah, he had the underwhelming trades, like the Stepon trade. Yeah, it could be underwhelming. Um, it always you know, takes you two say, to tango. Yeah, if you want to say the McDonough deal is underwhelming, sure, like, fine. But, like... I know, like, you just can't pick, like, you have to look at the complete body of work. And the fact that he's been able to do this, somebody tweeted it, one of the Canucks blogs tweeted, the Rangers have acquired X amount of picks in the past 12 months. The Canucks in the last five years have acquired, like, one or two less picks in their rebuild. Like, they are going full throttle at the draft pick acquisition, which I love, as we've talked about. And... It takes some time. I think somebody nailed it on the head earlier because there was a lot of backlash about the Jets trade. They said Jets Twitter saying the Jets got fleeced. The Rangers Twitter saying the Rangers didn't get enough. The truth lies in the middle. I think if both sides are saying that, it's a fair trade. And it goes again to say that the Rangers, just like every other fan base, uh, there's the emotional attachment that gets in the way. And I think that is what's gotten in the way with a couple of these guys. And, you know, it's fine, but you, you got to be willing to look past that. And, well, and one of the other things is that if you look around, not just the NHL, but a lot of sports, how many teams have GMs that don't have a plan? Yeah. It, it at least seems like Jeff Gordon has a plan. And, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier about we're going to, the players that we trade for are going to be NHL bodies with reasonable upside, but more or less that you know what type of player they are. And then you're going to use your picks to take as much upside as possible. And, the, you know, you have teams like Edmonton. You have teams like Vancouver who have a lack of draft capital. You have, you know, so many teams across the NHL that just kind of like shoot at, you know, take shots in the dark at their game plan. And at least with Jeff Gordon, it seems like he's keeping to his plan. Yeah. And whether or not it's successful, you know, is a different story. And it's also, I think a little bit, uh, it's up to interpretation. Some people may think he's, he's doing a good job and, uh, you know, or he, they can judge him at the end of it and say he's done a good job, but he has a plan. We're surely not going to know if he did a good job for another three, four years. At least. I've got a question for you. I was thinking about this earlier. I agree that we're probably three to four years from like a real playoff run. You know, maybe this team, I don't think next year, but you know, maybe two years from now we can take a playoff berth into the first round and get bounced. But three, four years from now, do you think that we're going to be in a full-blown Hank Shesterkin timeshare? In four years, I think Unquist is retired. 
So so you think that there's like a 0% chance that we make a real run again with Hank? Yes. You know, like I, I do tend to like try and see things from like the business and like the overall organizational view. But to think that Hank isn't going to get a chance at a cup again, like that hurts. And so I would like to think that maybe he keeps, you know, keeps his legs under him for a little bit and we get a chance to see him and Igor take take half a season each and make a run at it. So Lundqvist, I believe, and I'll, I'll confirm this right now. So Lundqvist has um, two years after this season remaining on his contract. So I think Igor is going to come up, come over next year. So that gives you two years of the timeshare with Igor. I think then Igor takes over. I think Lundqvist retires at the end of 2020, 2021. 2020, 2021. That's going to bother me. I'm just going to start saying 2021. Damn, that still sucks. Yeah, but then, then everyone's going to have no clue what you're but talking it's about. It's two years, dumbass. 2020, like, yeah, 2021. I... Can we just like forget that year exists, or just We're like just call that, just call it the the weird year? And that's how it'll be coined. Or just what what what's twenty in Spanish? Do you know? Uh, that's bad of us. Perhaps. I should. It's like. Yeah, I, got I should have even in went Spanish there. too. It's uh, two years ago, so that that was great, but I don't know. Vente. No clue. I shouldn't have even asked because now we look horrible. But I was gonna say we I should just start using English. it as the uh, saying saying the year in in Spanish. That would make it a little bit easier, but clearly not. <laughs> no, but now I just, we're gonna add that the whole decade because it could be, I guess, twenty twenty one. You could say twenty one, twenty two. I guess exactly. Nah, That'll be a little bit easier. So we just got one year we have to deal with. Numbers suck. That's that's basically what. If you can get anything from this podcast today, numbers suck. Um, but I I do think Lundqvist retires. I think we had two more years after this one with Lundqvist, and then I think he either calls it quits or he signs a one year deal with us, um, and has that third extra year. But he will not be with us the next time we are in the conference finals. Well, I hope you're wrong. I hope I am too. I do. I, I just maybe next year they could push for a playoff spot. I think twenty here it goes. <laughs> the weird year is the year that they're gonna be back in playoff contention. Um so before we move on, what are your thoughts on some of the other moves that were made by other teams? So like namely, I guess we'll talk about Vegas and we'll talk about Columbus. Um, and then I feel like we're forgetting one team. The what? Wayne Simmons trade sticks out in my head a little bit. Okay, so we could talk about the Western Conference playoffs because now you got five teams that made moves. So, you, or maybe my math sucks, but you Probably got the Sharks. Does. You got the Sharks who got Gustav Nyquist. The Jets got Kevin Hayes. Predators got Wayne Simmons. The Golden Knights got uh, Mark Stone. Stone. And the Vancouver got Michael Delzato. Oh, no, was, no, I Vancouver traded. sent Michael Delzato to uh, St. Louis. Yeah, hold on. I think there was another deal that was made. Um, oh, the Wild. I, I, not the Wild. Well, the Wild didn't make a trade, but I guess we could say the Stars with Zuccarello. But I mean, they're probably the. You know, they're definitely the fifth worst of those teams. 
So who do you think improved the most? Who do you think had the best trade deadline? I guess those are maybe two separate questions, but. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of hard for me, too, because as a non-fan of those teams and not watching them as regularly, I don't have any sort of attachment. But you have to think that Vegas made the biggest splash because they not only acquired Mark Stone, but they also extended him on the same day in the same hour. And that is just a, a true all-in move because they moved their a first-round pick from last year and their first-round pick for this upcoming draft. So they're, they have all their chips in. They're hoping that Mark Stone puts them over the edge and puts them right back into the Stanley Cup. And then in the East... The Columbus Blue Jackets are completely and totally all in. They could have traded Panarin and Bobrovsky, which most people thought they were going to do, and then they went the opposite way. They traded for Matthew Shane, Ryan Dezingle, Adam McQuaid, and I think they made another depth move. The Blue Jackets have two draft picks remaining in 2019. They have a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick, um, neither of which... I believe, are actually the team's picks. Actually, not a third-round pick is. Um, you're shaking your head over there. You don't like the deals from the Blue Jackets. I just don't understand how anybody in the East did anything with the way that Tampa's playing. Like, I, I mean, I understand having, like, a little bit of faith in your team and, like, trying to put them over the edge to be able to compete. But, I mean, like, Tampa's just going to steamroll everybody this playoffs and to like give up so much so that you only have two picks in seven rounds of drafting that just seems like complete mismanagement yeah it's tough um and i don't know how i would react if i was a blue jackets fan um for the outside looking in i love it i love that somebody else is going for it i really hope that the islanders don't win the division um and I really hope that the Blue Jackets somehow find a way to win the division because I don't want them exiting against the Capitals, you know, in the first mm-hmm. round. Um, and it would be nice. They've never won a playoff series. And if, you know, Panarin and Bobrovsky are leaving, you're probably not going to be making the playoffs anyway coming years, so go for it. Why not? Um, but to your point, I think the Lightning are so much better than everybody. I do think the Blue Jackets are the second-best team in the Eastern Conference, maybe third if you want to say the Capitals are better. I I think they're better than the Maple Leafs, and I think they're better than the Bruins. Um, but the Lightning are just so freaking good. The Lightning are so good, dude. Well, and we um, have I, to root for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in an ideal situation, you want the Lightning to play the Stars in the uh, the playoffs. And because the Rangers have uh, the Stars and the Lightning in the finals, they're guaranteed the 31st pick of the draft. And if you just like close your eyes like a little bit while you're watching the Lightning, you can just go ahead and assume that they're the Rangers because they have half of our roster. Oh, man. Yeah, they, uh, the Lightning are good, man. I, I don't see anybody beating them. Um, and I've decided I want the Jets to lose in the first round. What what makes you want that? Because so you feel justified with Hayes having no product produ- production in the playoffs. No, it, it's because I want the, I'm rooting for the stars. I uh, the fourth round pick doesn't matter to me. Whatever, fine. Like so it, I, I don't think they're gonna all win. The conditionals that was a pretty soft one. 
Yeah, that was weird. I didn't like that, so I, I don't care. But I'll say this, though. I would like them to lose in the first round because make that first round pick in like the, you know, early 20s, 21, 22 range. Now we're cooking. Yeah, now I understand that. I agree. Because I'd rather I'm all in on the stars and I'm all in on the lightning. Um, So we'll see what happens there. So before we sign off, let's take a look at what the line combinations uh, could look like. Um I messaged you somewhere. It was either Twitter or uh, I think text. our text messages. We definitely we, we kept the first line intact where we said that more likely than not, it's going to be Zabanajad, Kreider, and VC, at least until VC fizzles out. But he's also a good Boston boy, and David Quinn likes him. So I, I would assume that he's going to stay there at the top. Yeah, probably. And then... If they then you get just, into a, a complete logjam because it's a bunch of kids. Which, you know, I do think in the offseason they do need to go out and they need to sign a free agent forward who's, like, in his, like, 30-ish age. So they need a veteran or two in the room, mm-hmm. definitely, to help develop the kids. And then you, if you want to sign them the one-year deals to ship them out at the deadline, that's fine. That's creating assets out of nothing. You might as well do that. Um yeah, so if they want to keep VC there, they can. Um, and assuming they do, I'd like to keep Anderson, Hedl, and Booch together. They look really good. And then you have a third line where you, if when Howden comes back, it would be Howden, um, Lemieux, and you could either throw Fast or Nemestikov on the wing. I think they'll probably put Fast. Then you have Nemestikov, Strom, and Boo on the fourth line. And I like Connor Brickley. I like how he's played. Um the past couple games too so you know i think this forward group is going to be fun the rest of the year that's the exact word i was going to use it's going to be fun to say the least and i also wouldn't be opposed to seeing the kzb line put back together yes that that could be a lot of fun too we've seen that line have a lot of success and mika's advantage at it's just out of his freaking mind he's so good dude like people that talk about jeff gordon being bad at this job like dude like that trade is that trade almost as good as the mcdonough trade oh the one with montreal i was like do you mean to tampa uh, yeah yeah my that's my fault do you think that there's a chance to banish out his named captain next year i hope i hope not i know you, you know, hate the idea yeah, of captains. i no captain please no rangers captain if you want to name one in hartford fine you're just guaranteeing you're gonna trade somebody don't name one in the NHL, please. You got a good thing going. These guys are all bought in. Guys like Kreider don't have that extra pressure. I think if you were going to name a guy, Captain, it would be Kreider. But you better be sure you were going to lock him up. But I don't think they are because I, th- I think at the end of the day, Mark Stahl is the captain. Yeah, I see that as well. And they're not going to name him captain to buy him out. Nope. They already That'd did that so with Chris sad. Drury once. They don't want to do it again. I actually, I'm more excited to see how the defense shakes out now because the way that it stands, it should be a Shea D'Angelo top pairing. So it looks like it's how how it has been this weekend. It's Shea and Pionk and then Stahl and D'Angelo and then Shaddenkirk is with Freddie Clayson or Brendan Smith who, um, you know, either Clayson or Smith is going to be playing a lot less, which Brendan Smith, fine, you're getting bought out. You're irrelevant. 
So there's that. Do you um, want Stahl and D'Angelo together? Like, because I know Stahl Pionk has been horrible. They've played decently together, but the reason why I think is D'Angelo is just so much more defensively responsible than Pionk. I think, the, and we've said this before, D'Angelo is what people were hoping that Neil Pionk would be. And they were hoping D'Angelo wouldn't be it because everybody in Rangers Twitter likes to bash D'Angelo for one reason or another, which is one of the reasons I love D'Angelo because I'm just personally, I'm just a, I'm a contrarian type person. You know, if you say something sucks, I'm going to be like, nah. I've that's definitely how, seen more people so come around on him, though. That's why I was so into the process with the Sixers. Everybody told us that, yeah, you're cheaters. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I shit. hope that somewhere in our bio of this podcast, it says New York Rangers and Philadelphia 76ers talk. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, you got your nuggets over there. You're looking really good. Yep. So, notice how, you know, the Knicks suck. Um, oh, by the way, why is it? Do you see this stupid clip at the Oscars with Spike Spike Lee? They're uh, joking about like how the Knicks are tanking. Why is it a joke about the Knicks? But when the Sixers added, yeah, I had, had to hire the Colangelo family. Oh, give me a break. Um, but I promise, no more Sixers from this show. <laughs> but um, yeah, I that was my long-winded way of saying I like D'Angelo. I just think that the Shea Pionk is, it's just strange con- coming from what Shea got out of McQuaid being next to him. You're not going to get anywhere near that same sort of stability. And I, I know McQuaid wasn't great. And from what I've seen, Shea's underlying numbers are much better away from McQuaid than with him. But I mean, the, the Shea Pionk pairing, that just seems to be like, seems to be moving backwards rather than trying to keep the status quo we'll see um i mean i'd rather have i mean you're gonna have to play pionk i think i'd rather have pionk with shay than shattenkirk because i think shattenkirk and pionk are very similar players what about shattenkirk with shay shay shattenkirk stall d'angelo and pionk clayson i think we tried did we try Shattenkirk Shea beginning that of the year? That was one of the first things that like everybody was excited about heading into this season. I don't think it lasted very long. Yeah, I'd prefer not to. I'd rather keep Shattenkirk on the third pair. Try to repair some of his value and ship him out. Or if you want to just keep him and eat the rest of the contract, so many defensemen that they want to get it, give a crack in the lineup too. I would definitely say that some of those defensemen, we, we know that Smith is going to get bought out, but... We could definitely see Shattenkirk, Pionk, or Clayson all moved on draft day. That's why I was kind of surprised that Clayson wasn't moved. Because you got Lundgren, who's ready, and you got Rykov, who might be coming over, and he's ready. Uh, Lieber Hayek, despite what people will tell you, is not ready. He just isn't. And if you wanted to give John Moore... John Gilmore is going to be a free agent. The UFA. So, he's... He's gone. Like, somebody's going to give him a chance on their blue line. I mean, the dude has, like, I don't know at the top of my head, but he has, like, 40 points. Yeah, he, he. I'm surprised that he hasn't been given more of a look at the NHL level. Because I also remember when he came up, whether it was last year or the year before, people were pretty impressed with him. I think he's a better Neil Pionk. <laughs> we hate Neil Pionk. I am not a Neil Pionk fan. I, I, just, I don't think he's good. He's flashy, but that doesn't translate to good all the time. Before we end the podcast, though, shout out to Pavel Buchnevich and Tony D'Angelo for their hefty point streaks. So keep it up. Brady Shea, three goals in two games. Keep it up. Sabanajad, Kreider, 
You guys are filthy. We've got a team that's that's going to be easy to root for. I'll give them that much. There's a lot of players on this team that we like. 20 games left. And uh, it's true evaluation be, mode. Yes. It's time to evaluate. It's time to let the kids go and play 15 minutes a game. Um, and sooner rather than later, the bleeding will end. The season will be over. And we can start getting into draft pick and prospect watch mode and i'm excited for it so before we finish then i got this for you the rangers 62 games in they're 27 26 and 9 63 points so we have 20 exactly 20 games left what how many points do you expect this team to have by the time the season's over i expect 10 more overtime losses so um we love those i think we finish 10, 8, and 2. So that's another 22 points. So I think we finished with 85, 85 points. points. That's, which, that's a little bit too much. That's a lot more than I wish. Um, but I think David Quinn, we need to give him props, man. They're playing their asses off for him. They might not look great every night, and, you know, they, they're they a little bereft of talent. I mean, we just traded a bunch of guys. like, But they play their asses off. And the... That's how you can tell that a team is good. All right, fine. I lied. One more Sixers reference. Brett Brown, you know, he had these teams or the Sixers that won 10 games, won 15 games because the roster was terrible when they were tanking. But the reason you could tell he was a good coach early on because that team played its ass off every night. And that's what you could see from this Rangers team. So they're bought in. We got to give him props because everybody else was shitting on him all year. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for what Quinn can do moving forward with a team that should now stick together for the most part. Yep. So we'll see. Deadline's over and the rest of the season has begun. All right. I'm John Williams. This is Garrett Gartino over here on the other side of our Skype call. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week.